Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie Flinchball, host of People Solve Problems. I'm here with Lorenzo Gutierrez, uh, Director of Enterprise Excellence. That's a really cool title at Cindia National Labs, um, which is also a really cool organization. Uh, I've worked with Lorenzo before. He's a passionate leader who loves a good problem. I can say truly does. He invites, invites them and, and believes in, in serving people first in order to serve the, the, the business the best. And I can also say that he puts his actions where his words are in that as well. So welcome. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm glad to be here with you. Excellent. So I'm sure we could have a, a very long conversation, but uh, we'll <laughs> we'll start with this because I know you're 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 big into learning, uh, you know, sort of every day, everyday learning as as a as an experience. So how you know when we talk about problem solving, uh, how do you ensure it's it's really a learning process? Uh, problem solving is is imbued with a learning mindset. Yeah, for sure. I think. Um, first of all, I think it's a little bit of self-management um, for the leader, for the leader manager, especially if you're you're responsible for leading a team on solving a problem. I like to think of my role as curating a learning experience. And so if I'm that curator, I try to make the spaces as safe for everyone as possible. And I try to do that by doing a few things. First, I like to ground everyone on the significance of the problem or the issue that we're trying to solve, tie it to a deep purpose. Let them know it's something special. It's not something, however significant it is, even if it's solving an urgent national need for our for our country or the globe, I try to frame it so that it's not something to be met with fear, but instead I encourage them to meet it with the curiosity of a child, even as, as serious as it might get, because I think that's part of creating that, that experience that's going to allow them to be open and creative, making it safe. So along with making it safe, I think it's important that we take the pressure off a bit by being that buffer for them, oftentimes in high stakes situations as well. If uh, if they feel like there's this weight, this pressure on them, while some pressure is healthy, I think too much pressure could be stifling, right? Stifling that creative process. So I try to make it clear that I'll be the buffer for them. Whoever the leader manager is should make it clear. It's like, hey folks, we have a lot of eyes on us. There's no doubt, people are looking. But allow me to be that buffer. That's my job. I got it. I can take the heat. We are here to establish a, an environment where you all can explore and truly uh, exercise your creative abilities, your your intuitive faculties, as well as your cognitive abilities as well in solving this problem. So letting them know that it's a safe space for them to discover. And part of that discovery process is going to be experimenting. What come with experiments? failure and so creating that the safety around we can fail as we grow and learn and it's part of the process well, that's that's really interesting so a couple of things i just want to react to because I, I i loved loved hearing it but but one is just that word curate that you used early in the in the beginning of that you know we talk about you know we're directors and we're managers and and we sort of use those words and it, it implies this uh you know, like we're sitting behind a control panel and and we actually control things and determine its outcome. And that's very rarely the case, right? So, you know, we can somewhere between architect and curate and try to put the pieces in place that that create that that learning environment as we go. And then also that that curiosity of a child. When you when you look at 
some of the most important, you know, historical scientific achievements, almost all of them had, you know, that that aspect to it. This this deep curiosity. Yes. Um, let's 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 see what happens. Let's see what we can learn. And and I think it, it's it's we can accomplish far more. We we can't be guaranteed the curious curiosity produces results, but we. I think we can be assured that we're more likely to do great things when that curiosity is there. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. I think part of that curiosity also is just being curious about our own behavior and ourselves as we feel as managers, sometimes um, when something's coming up for us that, uh, that, that might provide us uh, a signal that we're uneasy with the situation or uneasy about the pressures coming down on us, really being able to be, curious about what's surfacing for us so that we can meet people where they're at. So um, that comes down to me being aware if the pressures, if the heat is being turned up, am I managing the situation well to where I can take a break outside of the, outside of the forum where I can really come in when I'm coaching a team to let them know that things are okay. Mm -hmm. um, so part of that curiosity I have to say is really just even about ourselves. Yeah. No, um, I think that's, Super. We can get stuck very easily, but stuck in here, right? So yeah. stuck in our head. And I'll tell you, my journey is because I, we are all in practice, right? As leaders, we never arrive. If we ever talk to a leader that talks like they've arrived, we know they've just begun. Right. So part of my journey right now is still really learning how to be a better coach. I started on my coaching journey through Coactive, the Coactive Training Institute a few years ago, and it really did change my life. And it really got me into the space of oh, releasing the burden of myself of being the one who has to tell and advise. Instead, your job is to the one to be that humble Sherpa alongside someone that's on their journey, carrying instead a, a bag of questions, mm -hmm. truly believing that they are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole, and you don't have to give them the answer. So uh, I'm in that journey a lot. Uh, and what surfaces for me is recognizing when I want to tell so bad because mm -hmm. <laughs> I see it. And I just so badly want to tell self-managing so that I can instead ask a question so that I don't rob them of their own learning. Yeah. Rob them of the opportunity to create the discovery on their own. Cause that's when it really does have an impact. And if we're, if we're interested in not only solving the issue at hand or the problem at hand, but instead want to empower them uh, to be the next leaders who are going to run the company, then we have to have that, that humility of, of saying, okay, don't tell ask the question, allow, create space for them to learn and grow. Yep. Yeah, and that's hard. I mean, it's, there, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot in having an answer, right? Not, not, not just external, right? But even internal, just like, you know what? I had a good day. I had a good idea today. It worked. Uh, that can be a really good feeling. And it's hard to, to, to put that second to the, 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 the greater need. So, um, yeah. so let me, uh, you know, as you talked about all of that, right, you, it wasn't a heavy, you know, templates and tools and process and step by step. It's more about environment and mindset and things like that. So I want to want to ask about intuition a little bit, because your 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 coaching and your sort of ecosystem you're creating is, you know, tapping into all the talents of of the individuals and the teams. So, so how do you pull intuition into that? It's, it's a sort of a elusive thing, but super important. How do you enable or, or leverage intuition, either for yourself or for the teams you coach? 
Yeah, for sure. I think it's been a, a process of me uh, being able to trust my own intuition more and listen to that. I think I, you had a quote in the book um, and it had an impact on me and I forget who you were quoting, but they said something to the effect of intuition is nothing more and nothing less than recognition. Being mm-hmm. able to recognize because it is data, it is a signal from within. And I've learned over the years that when I haven't listened to that signal, it's it's been to my own detriment. Right. Mm-hmm. So like there was something there. I felt it. It was in my gut. Like it really it's it's a human thing. We can feel it. And with all those um, hundred million neurons that that, you know, line our gastrointestinal tract. Right. It's the same system that's working on our central nervous system that communicates with our brain. And so we know now more that it is the second brain, that our gut. And so in order to get more in touch with that signal, sometimes what it requires for me is to create space for it by taking a beat. Because I can be so much in my head sometimes. I can be just letting it run, 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 and I'll be mulling over something. But sometimes I'll recognize that I just need to take a beat, take a breath, perhaps do a breathing exercise, a little meditation, or I can take a walk. Um, Other ways I create space for it is having that, again, humility to say, hmm, you might not have the answer, but in talking with someone else who might have a different perspective, the answer might come. So bringing in someone totally different to discuss the problem with who might not have any domain knowledge at all because the further they are from even the domain or technical understanding of it, something's going to surface. It's going to allow that space. History tells me that it's going to allow that space for some, for that spark to come and for me to hear that signal. And so I try to to do that, to bring it in. And sometimes with teams, it's um, to be able to allow them that to experiment and play with that art of letting go. Cause I think, Mm-hmm. it's that art of letting go of the mind that allows the intuitive signals to surface more as a more of a salient signal for us to grab onto. I, I sometimes will shift my questions and, and ask things like, what do you sense is a driving factor here in this situation? What do you, what do you sense um, is at play here? Mm-hmm. And so the word sense, as opposed to think maybe can conjure up um, um, the ability or that give them permission to feel yeah. And so, um, sometimes it might be just like, what do you feel is going on here as well? And so what do you think? And especially in very technical groups, they're uncomfortable with it. But when you start fostering it by letting them know that, uh, give them that permission of letting go of the mind and allowing them to tap into these intuitive faculties, they see the power of it as well. And all of us have had it in our lives. As technical mm-hmm. as someone may be, they've all um, relied on that intuitive sense and so Mm -hmm. it's giving permission that it's okay you don't have to have um, hard data uh, to tell you that there's some truth there there's something there there's value there yep and to give them that permission that it's it's okay for them to explore with and and in fact we need it Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think the last thing for teams that comes to mind when i when i think of how do i get them to more aptly tap into the intuition it goes back to, and you talk about it in your book too, it's that deep observation. Um, it's part of our lean process is get to Gemba, see it in action. And so when you're at the point of activity and you're seeing it in action, seeing a process play out, you have the benefit of actually seeing, hearing, smelling, in some case, tasting, depending on the process you're involved in, um, and really truly experiencing that. And I think when you're in deep observation, there is that sixth sense that's there. And so when when we ask ourselves after observation, what do we see? What do we hear? And then asking the question, 
okay, what do we sense? Mm -hmm. um, that that sometimes helps him in, in um, pulling out the uh, the powers of intuition into the problem solving process. Yeah, I love love that. Uh, and, and you you know say you mentioned taste, and I've had a lot of food clients over the years. Nothing Lucky like you. a. Nothing like an ice cream bar right off the line, right? Um, or, or something like that. I'm in that. the wrong job, man. I need, uh, a, no. yeah, I need to change that. <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's a freezer full of ice cream sitting in every conference room is a tough, tough gig. But um, but I, I think, you know, allowing that space and, and, you know, I think one thing you said there at the end about, you know, going to do direct observation, you know, intuition is often learning to trust our gut, but um, but, you know, our uneasiness in our gut could be because we're right. It could be because we're out of our comfort zone and learning and it's a fuzzy line. So you just kind of then get curious. You kind of connect that gut to something. I'll, I'll share one example quickly uh, is uh, there's a, a pretty big investment decision. I was trying to decide to walk away from something or stay in. And it it really felt wrong to stay in. Um and, and, uh, but I, I, I was like, is it just fear? Is it just frustration? Like what's going on? So that was what my gut told me. But then I, then I went ahead and sort of did some modeling. I did some risk, risk and benefit modeling, did a little decision tree and was like, okay, yeah, I, I know that my gut might influence because there is, you know, it's subjective, but once I laid it out, I'm like, yeah, the, the upside doesn't look like it's worth the downside. And so that was just, you know, playing with my my in, intuition a little bit to 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 verify, right? Was it is it un, uncomfort for the right reason or for the wrong reason? And and so that direct observation, for example, can help you validate what your gut might be telling you. So you don't just blindly trust your gut. You oh, yeah. sure so for you sure. I love that you said listen that. to it. You listen to it. It's it's one data piece, right? It's one one um, one data element, and I think it's the integration of our intuitive mind and our cognitive mind that helps integrate the two. And, and, and you ask questions, how can I validate this? How can I test this? Um, it's, it's not an either, or it's an and. Yep. Yeah. I think that's where the magic happens is when you can integrate the two and, and learn to truly have respect for, for the value in each. Perfect. Perfect. Well, well said. So, so you mentioned coaching your, your history and journey and coaching. Uh, I want to come back to that. It's a, it, it, you know, it was a huge part of the book. I, it was like when I first outlined it, I'm like, well, one of the roles of the leader, which is another section, is to be a coach. So I'll put it in there. And then I just found I had so much I wanted to say about coaching. <laughs> I'll make it a whole section. So That's awesome. Yeah, uh, it, it, it worked out well for me, at least in terms of putting my thoughts together. But, um, you know, can you describe your coaching sort of style, method, how you adjust, how you how, how you dynamically meet the needs of, of the team or the individual that you're you're coaching. Because again, you have you have training, you have experience, you practice it pretty heavily in everything you describe. I'm sure we'd all love to hear how you how you go about thinking about your coaching process. Yeah, sure. I think it's it's a it's a, it's in flux, it's in practice, but it starts with me truly grounding every time I engage with someone as a coach to truly um, keep myself in check on whether or not I truly believe, am I approaching this in a way that truly believes that whoever I'm coaching is naturally creative, resourceful, and whole? That's at the center of it. And so if I truly believe that, which I do, 
that helps frame how I show up. Um, it helps take the weight off of not only me, but also the process and the client, whoever I'm working with or the team, um, to have that confidence. And oftentimes just that belief alone and the way you show up alone helps hold confidence for the client or the team when they might not have it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so you all of a sudden show up lighter. You all of a sudden show up with that level of confidence that we will get something out of this learning process. It's a journey we're on and it's really trying to come up with powerful questions for them that help them in their, in their discovery process. So oftentimes it starts with just basic questions um, that gets them to think about the problem from different perspectives. It helps me assess as well. Um, uh, let's say their their competence in problem solving. Um, how open are they to uh, understanding the different facets that might be at play within the problem, so that I can even more ask better better questions to help them on their journey as opposed to telling them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I guess that's my style is just try to meet them where they're at, just listening, and so that I can better um, help them in their journey. And I think sometimes it comes it, um, in that assessment, what I try to assess pretty quickly, especially with a team or a leader of a team that's solving problems, is how are they um, in that, in their savvy of balancing their confidence and humility? And so do they have enough confidence that they're going to be fine in leading this team and in this process? And also, do they have the balance of humility to know what they don't know? <laughs> Mm -hmm. who right. they might need to bring in. And because if I have, I'm dealing with someone who's just overly confident, they kind of flip about it and they can just say, well, here's what it is. And I already have the answer. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be asking different questions to try to get them to that, to that discovery process. And um, it's not always a full success that you can get them there, but it's, it, I know where I need to, to work. I know where the work is. Yeah. Um, and then uh, again, if I have someone that's extremely just, um, too much humility in a way and not enough confidence. And mm -hmm. I know that there's a different way that I need to meet them. So it's, it's kind of, those are two constructs that I um, try to use and trying to assess how I'm going to help a, a client or a team. Excellent. So, yeah. And I, I love, I love how you started because I, I, you know, with, with your grounding, right. That was the word you used. I, I always use the phrase, check my intention, but I, I, I you know, the same, same meeting. I think that's so important because we, we don't live in 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 that grounded mode, right? It's not it's not where you are all the time, and so you have to check it before you go into coaching. And sure. and I love your list of sort of this is what I'm I believe is in this person or in this team, um, and, and so sometimes I take the negative approach, which is just my uh, you know the way I the way I work a glass half full kind of person, but. But I would always say, you know, if you can't even respect the person, it's going to be really hard to coach them. And and I, I see that happen all the time. People kind of go, oh, this person, they're, you know, they're in my way. They're a problem. And I need to coach them out of out of my way. Right? It's like, OK, that's not coaching. Right. Because you can't all the things you 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 list. You're like, I'm I'm not going in with that mindset and that intention. So my coaching won't really be successful. And. And I, I think you need that grounding because, again, it's hard to live with that that switch flipped on every minute of every day. So so the, the, the grounding before you start is, I think, incredibly important.
And I love that you said that like, you, you picked up on that one, because for me, it is a constant process of grounding, sometimes even with my most difficult um, clients or most challenging ones where I'm thinking I can make a judgment really quickly and say, oh, man, their ego is getting in the way. They're just like, and so I'm like, OK, let's let's check check your own ego, Lorenzo, on this. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you going to show up with a question that gets them to think more deeply? Yep. And, uh, to be able to, how might we ask a question that has them set their ego aside so that they can create space for discovery mm-hmm. uh, and understanding a different perspective or being open to a different perspective. And so, um, man, it's, it's a, it's a constant exercise in self-management for me and my journey, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, then I, I think, I think it is for everybody and 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 that, that honesty helps. And I, I think it also helps invite more people into their own own improvement because it's not just, you know, some people are a good coach and some people aren't. There's there's a learning process. So so we've covered we've covered learning and intuition and coaching and I uh, packed a lot into this conversation, Lorenzo. So I just want to uh, wrap up and say say thank you and uh, appreciate your the energy you brought to this, uh, this this topic and of course uh, what you what you do and your your day to day engagement with with others around you. Maybe thank you and I, I love the work that you're leading. Um, your book alone, People Solve Problems, has really been instrumental for me. Uh, in our earlier conversations, we had talked about. I'm like, what's missing is a book that talks about the people in the center of solving problems. You're like, I got a book on that. <laughs> so I was really happy to read that book and realize that, man, you really hit hit it on the mark there. And I think everyone should read it because I think it really, and no matter what domain you're in, um, understanding that people are at the center of solving problems and the practical tips and tricks, tools uh, to build that capability within any organization is is what's needed right now. Thank you. Thank you for that and uh, be well. Likewise. See you, my friend. Thanks for listening to the People Solve Problems podcast. Let's keep the conversation going. Visit jflinch.com for more episodes and other content. And continue to join us on your podcast app, of course. We greatly appreciate your feedback through reviews and ratings. Consider expanding your understanding of problem solving with Jamie's book. People Solve Problems, the power of every person, every day, every problem. Available on Amazon. Until next time, keep learning, innovating, and solving problems.